0: Welcome to Spirit in the Schools, a show revealing the Holy Spirit through self-gift and education. And now, here's your host, Mr. Zach Coyle.
1: Spirit in the Schools! Welcome back, listeners, to Spirit in the Schools, where we reveal the Holy Spirit through stories of self-gift and education. I'm your host, Zach Coyle, principal of St. Vincent de Paul in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Today's episode is titled, Can Self-Control Be Taught? We've probably all asked some version of that question before. Can my son, can my daughter, can my student get what I am trying to give them? Can they grow in discipline and self-control? The answer there is a resounding yes, and I'm excited to introduce two phenomenal colleagues here in the diocese who are going to help present that yes and just the nature of how they do their work. And both are from Bishop Dwenger High School, so welcome to Greg Slee and to Jason Garrett. Greg, you are the athletic director currently at Dwenger, and we're going to hear a little bit uh, more about your role, but welcome to the show yeah thank, thank you. you for having us and Jason, you have many titles which I think is awesome about Catholic schools and the <laughs> ministries we have, right? So pastoral <laughs> minister for your daytime hours and then head coach for both football and baseball. so welcome <laughs> yeah. to the show. Thanks we're happy to have us. you on. yeah, thanks for having us. This is great. Well, I think for a listener around the nation, they may not know the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. They may not have heard of Bishop Dwinger High School. Certainly people from our diocese know of the tremendous good that you know, the graduates live and, and enact in the world, so we'll get to that a little bit. But tell us a little bit about the school. Give us a sense of the mission statement. Give us a sense of current enrollment and just something each of you loves about the school currently.
0: Yeah, foundationally for me, I graduated in 1988 from Bishop Dwinger, so... I did not know to that. Be, to be back in the halls now, you know, and I think even more, and we'll probably get into it a little bit, is, you know, first and foremost, it's, it's Catholic Christian, right? And I think it's, you know, in today's culture and things, I think that... that uh, you know, waves a pretty big flag and, you know, a positive flag. So Catholic Christian, I think we speak a lot about college preparatory. We speak a a lot about academy-like. And I think those are some tremendous qualities, especially in our culture for young people, even us as adults, parents, and so forth, spouses that uh, just a great environment to be in, you know, holds everybody accountable in that sense as you go day by day.
1: Well, I didn't realize you are an alum. That's great (laughs) to hear. Yeah. And just absolutely, amen, the focus on our Lord is great. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. For myself, I am not an alum. Uh, okay. I'm actually, I'm uh, public school is where I, I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's great. Uh, so, but I actually did get started in the diocese. Um, I taught five years at Bishop Lewers, and then I was the assistant principal at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton uh, Catholic School.
1: And we've had them on, uh, some recent episodes that yeah. are just before you guys. That's, well, a couple, couple weeks. Back. I
0: didn't know but he was at Lures.
1: I can't believe he was yeah. sitting that close to it. <laughs> Look at the now. full circle, right? <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. All levels there. He's and much, the better. much better place, though. <laughs> you know, um, our listeners could. won't know that, but we just have like the, if they're around the nation, but the two Catholic high schools in each city yeah, in our diocese. So, friendly, right? Yeah. yeah. So, Oh, it's, it's right, it's, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so you're at St. E's, so assistant principal yeah. there. Yeah. And then uh, started as the athletic director here
2: last year. Um, I, I can say whatever um, Coach Garrett said is spot on. But to add on to that, when I interviewed, they just said how d- it's Dwenger family. Mm-hmm. And it is 100% real. Um, just the camaraderie. Um, that is so
1: uplifting to hear that, it, right? It is. like Where do you hear, outside of your individual and immediate family, in the world today, authentic family as community, right? Like that's, that's impressive to hear that.
2: And, and just the outreach, you know, my, you know, with my job being the AD and my wife, who's development director, our, our jobs are very demanding. Sure. Um, we've got four kids and just people always asking, Hey, if you need anything, do you need help here? Um, but just the, the opening of arms into the Dwanger family, you know, for myself, I didn't, I didn't go to Dwanger. I didn't graduate there. And I still feel, feel
1: like I'm part of that a huge family. part of feeling that you're at home and part of the family. Yeah, and yeah. I love it. It's oh, great. It's amazing. Well, and I too, I, I remember moving to Fort Wayne myself, you know, being from the East Coast, I heard early on, I don't know if it's technically a vision statement or just kind of one of your kind of core belief statements, but citizens of two worlds. And I think that really speaks. So if a listener's never heard of the concept, you know, first we are by virtue of baptism, love children of God, and we're part of the kingdom in that way, right? Yeah. Uh, that's the first world because that's our eternal world, you know. Um, but we're in the here and now, right? So we live the kingdom now. I think Catholic theologians call that uh, and there's probably an actual term for this, but I've always heard it as the already, but not yet. So <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is is given to us in baptism, but obviously we haven't fully realized it. Yeah. So that's a really cool way of, of like actually proclaiming the vision of living the, uh, the authentic Catholic life for student as they're a student, but then as they continue to grow and, you know, maybe it's college or, or work or whatever. But obviously college preparatory is a big uh, big hallmark of what you're doing. So, Well, that's great. That definitely gives us a sense of it. Uh, it's great hearing about your backgrounds. Jason, I did want to ask, were you, so after you were as a student, um, have you spent your entire teaching career then at Dwinger or have you, were you somewhere before?
0: Yeah, so interesting. Uh, I have a master's degree in guidance and counseling and thought that would be the direction I would go. And so I did a variety of different types of counseling. My wife and I even worked in a group home not too oh, far from here in wow. Van Wert, Ohio. Okay, sure. And uh, as I was going through that process, was in the schools, out of the schools, just felt a calling to to work within the church and actually entered uh, kind of that area uh, as a youth minister uh, in the late 90s. And in going through that, I uh, really wanted to establish a program that You know, it's interesting we're talking about virtue today. Oh, sure. uh, That was focused on virtue, something more than what at least I was experiencing, knowing that we had young kids coming up. So got involved with youth ministry and and, uh, there was a a kind of a national, it actually became international program that focused on virtue called Conquest. Okay. And uh, started working with that locally developed regionally, actually nationally and internationally. So I was traveling actually to Australia and other places, Canada.
1: I had no idea you and, had this, uh, uh, this great background. That's Well, so yeah, it was accidental.
0: The Lord has a sense of humor. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it was great as a young father and obviously as a husband. So got involved with that around 2000 after a little stint of youth ministry here and uh, did that for seven years and uh, ended up just kind of moving around the country, established it. And it's funny we're going to talk about virtue equals strength, but uh, the founder— uh, one of the founders of Virtue Equal Strength, uh, very good friends with. We actually worked on the program uh, way back in the day when it was called Sports Leader. So it.
1: I was wondering if there came was out of Conquest, yeah. And,
0: uh, yeah, and then actually was at Redeemer Radio its first year as executive director. As crazy as that sounds, I don't realize that either. Nothing about okay. radio. Why wow. nothing about radio? And uh, then did some parish work, uh, pastoral minister uh, down in Decatur, and have helped out around the diocese with some marriage prep. And uh, did a lot of RCIA, and then yeah, I found myself back at Bishop Meyer in 2012. Yeah, that's a great story. Uh, coaching and and doing pastoral ministry, whatever that means. But uh, yeah, well, you've clearly just journey. been
1: open to the Lord's call in your life, right? And He's called you to ministry in various forms, but He's called you to ministry, and and you've mm-hmm. clearly had a heart open to that calling, which is yeah. perfect for yeah. you know what we're bringing to our listeners today. If we think about it, that question of can self control be taught? One of the the mm-hmm. core. Ways that we enact that in the church is that who are the role models that we have, right? And the greatest role models are the saints, but we're called to share in that too. Again, by virtue of baptism, right? So, who we're exposed to as as role models is a key component of that. But it's then what are we doing with our time as role models? What does the program look like? And that's it, that's exactly it. That's why I want to talk about virtue equal strength. So this is a great way when I think about because we are blessed to have it too at St. Vincent's, and and more and more of our Catholic schools and our diocese are using it. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're hearing about more and more success stories about this allowing a school through its coaching, but increasingly actually in the religion classrooms or just in any classroom because homeroom teachers can pull it in and, and borrow from the content, a, a very practical way to, to introduce actual conversation around virtue yeah. you know, with the students. Yeah. And, you know, where does that conversation take you? We all have that latent desire for God. And if you start to tap into, well, why do I have that desire? What does it look like? You know, we're hungry for virtue, you know, and students, sure, they may have a behavior that looks contrary to that in in a moment of time and and it, even for an extended moment but still below that we we proclaim that in our faith they're a love child of god right they want that that virtue so right. that's what we're here to talk about just as a a great program that Dwinger I think is utilizing in a very profound way so for a listener that's never heard of it you know it's been on a couple of our our episodes actually already but it, I think it does look with nuances of difference at each school how do you use it with your coaches how are you using it just for the athletic department as a whole Is the school using it beyond athletics? And it may not be. I mean, it's different everywhere you go, but kind of walk us through, what does it mean for you and for Dwinger to have virtue Equal Strength?
0: I would say, um, and then I'm sure Greg can add, you know, for me personally, it goes back to, again, you know, I was blessed to be a part of this program when it was originating. And uh, there's a great priest, he's in in Atlanta, Georgia now, Father Matthew Van Smorenberg, who was the priest that we worked closely with and you know, it was all centered around this uh, this idea of, you know, virtue being strength and vice being weakness in the truest sense, right? So mm-hmm. you have physical strength, you have other things. But at the end of the day, you know, it's about what what that relationship with Christ and what you're exuding as true strength, you know, uh, in terms of moral virtue and otherwise. So, Amen. you know, it kind of originated out of that. And, and um, we were running, you know, we were involved with the Conquest program. We were doing camps and clubs and we were having a hard time. Accessing athletes because they're so busy, sure. you know, lots right. going on. Yeah, and so we turned to this idea of well, if we can, you know, bring some of this to the coaches, and then help those coaches bring that to their players. You know, then that was kind of the the vision, and so they established with the help of Rome and some people in you know some places there of you know sports development and JP mm-hmm. two, you know, great oh, yeah. John Paul II was involved early in the, early on, and it's kind of this idea of bringing virtue to sports. So. You know that that's kind of you know as we you know quickly. I don't have too much history there. Is just at at DeWinger, it's It it car- you know it, it looks very different. As he terms like a it's, a it's a program. It's a system. But essentially, it's how can we bring that message, that consistent message, that who you are, you know, is far more greater and more important than what you do. Amen.
1: And in what you wow, do, what a great message to share.
0: Yeah, and I think in what you do right. If if you're more talented, let's say athletically. Then you're even in that much more of a, a limelight, right? That much more opportunity to spread virtue, you know, with who you are. So, you know, the you know, there's a lot of different ways that all the coaches go about it. I know Lou Judd, who works with the program and is is now the kind of the cornerstone, not down by Cincinnati and things. As he's he's really developed a lot of things. Most most importantly, I'll share this, and Greg can share uh, some other things sure. possibly. But you know, I think one thing that's hit home particularly well at Bishop Dwinger, is uh, ceremonies. Oh, you know, yes. So as an right. example, jersey yeah. ceremonies. And again, it's just tapping into the relationship side of parents, coaches, and players. And so for us, we we do an annual um, event at St. Felix, which is here in Huntington, Indiana, and beautiful, beautiful facility. And long it story is. short, after a day of, you know, activity and fun and a cookout, the senior fathers are given the the home jersey of their son, oh,
1: wow. and around
0: a campfire, ideally when we're able weatherwise, um, they say a few words about their son, what inspires them most, what are things oh, that they're uh, inspired by, and then they they present the jersey to their son. So it's a it's a kind of a private, personal moment, but yep. it's shared publicly with the team. And we found that you know there's a moment there um, that that's very deep and real yes. between a father and a son, and so. That's been great for us. You know, there's obviously a day-to-day emphasis on, you know, different elements of character and virtue. Well, and what but courage that's, in that? Because yeah. you're
1: you're inviting fathers to grow in their fatherhood too, right? right. So it's really about the students and their right. formation, Right. but that takes seriously. There's a lot of grown fathers, grown men who won't have that level of security, like even within their faith to proclaim that about their son, Yeah. but you finding a way through this program to offer that, yeah.
0: that's inspiring.
1: Yeah. And and Jason, I got to go back for one minute and Greg, I promise I'm coming right your way. Oh, yeah, you're good just kind of that underlying assumption I think is so worthwhile for a listener to pause on for ourselves too. So what is true strength? Yeah. And I really want to commend you both for bringing that question to the young men, you know, on the football team and throughout the sports programs and the young women as well. Cause I think there's an awful lot in our modern world that will confuse that message yeah. and certainly lie about that message, but ultimately all human strength fails. Right. Yeah. So there can only be one answer to true strength is virtue is, is that endures in eternity. Right.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, uh you know, a person within the church that really, I think, sparked a lot of this thought and emphasis was St. John Paul II, right? Yes. If you can you can look it up, you know, those listeners that are out there, the he had some uh, great writings, some great quotes on just purely, if you just look up the purpose of sport by John Paul II. Okay, great. There's countless, countless quotes of, you know, it's the more than football, more than baseball, more than gymnastics, more than whatever that you know, the, the who you are through the training, the athletic training, as we hear in scripture with St. Paul and others, you know, running the, way, running oh, yeah. the race running the and so race. forth, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's all of that kind of emphasis, right? That it's so much more than, than just the scoreboard and other things. He's right? even
1: on my, my uh, litany of saints. I got to go to a mass when I was about 10 or 11 years old that he celebrated in Baltimore, which is where I grew up. And uh, that was during one of his visits, but I didn't even know that particular background from him. So yeah. it's, It's so fun to be able to learn like live now on the show, you know, Uh, but that's, that's just fantastic. But that idea of true strength is so good. So, well, Greg, let me come your way because you were clearly uh, thinking a little bit about the program now, right? So we've got one really impactful story about how your football program's using that with ceremony. Tell us a little bit more about what Wenger's doing with virtue equals strength. Yeah, so to to kind of piggyback off
2: of what Coach Garrett said about the football jersey presentation, um, uh, other teams are starting to do that as well. Okay. Our, our girls soccer team, yes. uh, Coach McKaig, uh who's been here for a few years, he is now implementing that. So oh, awesome! It's not just our boys teams who are doing it, but we're trying so to incorporate it. So is that father
1: it. to their daughter, or is that mother daughter? Like, is that looking different for? No, so uh, it was it was daughters and fathers. Yeah. Okay. Um that, I love this. That this connection is so right powerful. Well,
2: yeah. um, so I, I was able to see that. And again, you know, coming new to Dwanger, you know, I've heard about the virtue, Vir, you know, equal strength program, yeah. but wasn't highly involved when I was at St. Elizabeth. So now I'm really, you know, starting to watch all these different programs and things like that. But having this program, you know, to reflect as an AD, what do I want the athletic department to look like because of this program? Thank you for speaking to that question. And,
1: and keep going. I mean, like Amen. I'm yeah, excited. That's great. Yeah. Because
2: because you know, as as me, I I oversee Coach Garrett and our programs right? And I, it, it's a reflection of who we are. Amen. At, at oh, yes. Bishop Dwanger. Right. And I, I I've always tell people, you know, what what sets us apart from any other school and it's our Catholic identity Amen. by far. Amen. Um, and so what can we do to show people that Catholic identity comes first,
1: academics and then yes. all the
2: other stuff. Yeah, and the answer forwards. to that is
1: how we live, right? And, so and, if we're living exactly. lives authentic virtue, that is our Catholic identity at the forefront, yeah. right? Yeah, so.
2: exactly. So, you know, when Coach Garrett sends us these emails that, hey, mm. the virtue of the month or this is what we're going to talk about this week, um, we want our coaches to talk about it with our with our kids, either before practice, after practice, during a game, whatever the case is. Sure. So, um, I just spoke with uh, my assistant Denise Keen, who helps out with the swim team, and I know before every practice they take parts of the virtue or a quote, and they'll talk to uh, you know they'll talk to the whole team before they get in the pool. That's that inspiring. Time. That's awesome. Um, our yeah. girls' basketball coach does a mass. I know Coach Garrett before Friday uh, football games does masses and things like yes. that. Um, and we always try to stress to our kids, you know, yeah, the score, you know whatever whatever's on the scoreboard, you might win big, you might lose big, But I'm more worried about how you present yourself on and off of the court, whether you know you help an right. opponent uh, an, an opposing player up and and you know to to watch him even after a game's over, a hard fought game mm-hmm. and you still and how do you see... handle
1: winning and how do you handle losing? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah? Exactly because
2: yeah. you you lose a lot more than you win at times, sure. especially in sports. Well,
1: and, and, and Jason, you know, I haven't obviously read it, I said this earlier, but just thinking about what I know of Saint Pope John Paul II and and now knowing he's written about sports, it's got to be about that type of content about this is an opportunity for us. Certainly the competition itself isn't is a facet of that, and it's one that we we need to care about, and it matters. But what really matters is the Christian competition mm-hmm. to run the race to be there with the Heavenly Father, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know if it was John Paul II who shared this, or you know who quoted, but essentially, mm-hmm. right, the the field is the is a classroom, right, and, or the court is a classroom, you know, beyond what they're learning at school, you yes. know, from from eight to three, yes. Um, yeah, and just to, you know, as we continue with that theme and move on to the next one, I thought of, as Greg was talking, many of our teams, many of our coaches have made the decision to, you know, just put a cross on uniforms. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I think it's just a constant reminder, I know it is for me, you know, we share with our guys that, you know, number one, we're coming out here and everybody knows that we come from a Catholic, Christian, you know, institution, organization, diocese, however you want to look at it, school, and albeit, you know, now we've gone so far to put crosses on our our jersey, so that makes us very different, right? I mean, in, sure in a does. lot of ways, we're, we're swimming against some some cultural realities. But you know, that being said, now some of the things that John Paul II <clears throat> spoke about, you know, running that race, and you know, sometimes the the persecution and, and other elements that come along, y- you see the reality of. I think what we're trying to build in these young men and young women is uh, particularly revealed in adversity. Yes. you know. And uh, you know where this program goes and how it looks with each sport is a little bit different. But at the end of the day, when we've had some pretty significant adverse moments, I think we've seen the realities of you know, kind of maybe from an umbrella look, you know, uh, what it's meant to our kids and our and our parents and our school. You know, when you when you lose a fellow player in football, as we we did a few years ago, when you lose you know, a parent of a player tragically. When you have some of these elements, you know, these are these realities, these experiences happen, you see the the virtue, you see the self-control. You see all these things that start coming to the surface. And probably and they rallying or family
1: rallying and there to you give go. that yeah. support, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah, the Dwayne family, yeah. right? So And that of course yeah. teaches them like actual adversity is is that. It's, yeah, it's right? certainly you see that it's in the life. sports yeah. arena. But yes. Yeah. Well, you know, Jason, you said earlier And Greg, you've certainly said it as well, really, but teaching the students through this program who you are, right? Love child of God and and to be called to that virtue matters infinitely more than what you do. And, you know, our world often flips that, of course. But I, I think, too, about one thing I didn't probably know until a young adult myself. So tying back to virtue, the saints. And, you know, if somebody had asked me, you know, before I was a young adult, well, how does one become a saint? How does the church select saints? I might've been able to tell you, well, you know, we, we ascribe miracles and, and we study that. And so there's, there's levels and there's blessed and a saint, but the fundamental, like, how do we know that the Lord is revealing if somebody's ready to become a saint, mm. <laughs> it's that they lived a life of heroic virtue. <laughs> yeah. And I remember and learning that. a lot of adversity, right? You know, usually yeah. you know. every saint has had serious suffering in their life yeah. against a lot of adversity. Yeah. Some were martyrs, some, some lived and and died a, a natural death, but they had great suffering, but they, the heroic virtue was lived in the face of that. Yeah. So what yeah. you were saying, I mean, to me, this is something, when you made the tie-in about how your teams lived that, when they actually had to deal with, with real loss, with the death of a right. teammate or with a parent. Right. You know, if, if we tell our young people, what type of things really stay with you? And, and our world often says, go live for yourself and pursue whatever it is that you want. But people are always left hollow with that. And I think that's what the great saints show us, that when you are pursuing virtue, you're left with actual fulfillment and meaning and that your life has goodness in it and can serve that, you know, to others. So, well, so uh, Greg, you were telling us just a little bit though, about like the practicality of it, right? So your coaches are going to actually use some of the content. And again, for a listener that's not seen this, there's actually some incredible email content that comes out each week. So there's some monthly materials you can use, but each week there's quite a serious, it's a slide deck with, you know, all kinds of information on that virtue, on its opposing vices, how you grow it. So you're asking for your coaches to really bring that forward to the team mm-hmm. in whatever way they feel makes sense, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they can pull something from that and really speak to the team about what it looks like for them on the court and how they're maybe they're helping somebody, you know, before or after the game.
0: Yeah, and I think along those lines, you know, to kind of help listeners understand, you know, when it started out, it was, you know, it was a uh, sports leader. So it was intended for coaches, for their athletes, And then you realize, and and I've realized, I think, Greg, as well, you know, every sport is different. So, you know, virtue equals strength now looks very different with football just because of the amount of time that's available versus with baseball. Sure. You still incorporate it, but it's very different. You know, as as Greg mentioned with the swim team or dive, whatever, I mean, every coach and, you know, every situation is a little bit different. Time availability and all those Mm -hmm. kinds of things back to— you know, bringing formation materials to the coaches, you know, to the administrators, and then, you know, the way they've developed it, and one of the reasons it changed its name from Sports Leader to Virtue Equal Strength was to try to tap even in more into the curriculum within the daily, you know, uh, school with the time, the academic part of the day, with the right. academic part of the day, and you know that that comes back to you know having teachers on board and and looking for opportunities, and I think within our Catholic schools. You know that that's you know essentially an understood element, right? That you begin each period with
2: with prayer. Amen. and have, so this yes. just
0: gives you additional resources that each teacher, his or her personality, what what the what the course is and things like that can incorporate, however they you know, desire or need to into what they're doing.
1: I appreciate you even bringing up starting each class period with prayer because, you know, at the grade school, uh, for, certainly for our junior high, we'll do that. But for our younger grades, it might be more that there's a, of course, there's school-wide prayer to begin the day and at lunch and, and to end the day. But, uh, well, lunch prayer is often classroom, but regardless, uh, we do yeah. pray the Angelus at noon now, which has really been awesome. a joy. But it's that idea for, for a young child and then for teens too. One of the ways we grow in virtue is that we actually have to pause and think about it and work on it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't just sit back and just say, well, I'm just going to inherently snap my fingers and be more virtuous, <laughs> right? We actually have to ask God to help us yeah. grow in virtue and we yeah. have to make choices to live the virtue, especially in the face of adversity, right? Mm-hmm. That's okay. where we're really tested. Our
0: own nature is the
1: greatest opponent, yeah, among yeah. ourselves. Right, yeah. right. But yet the redemption there, right? Amen. So yes, love sinners and yeah. that's, that's the <laughs> theology right there, wow. Jason, I definitely want to ask you, because I, from what I've heard, and, you know, I've come to um, know a lot more about Dwinger in recent years and, and see a lot of good from the school. And actually, my brother-in-law, well, I have tons of family that's graduate, but he's a priest in the diocese, is is a graduate. So, like, you see that, you know, there's vocations from the school, but I think what we're talking about is that daily life of anyone leaving the school really hoping to have that deep discipleship of the Lord and to live their whole life by that, right? That's that's the hallmark of, I think, a very successful virtuous program in a school. But I think you've, you've had this um, knowledge out there that you've been living that before this program even existed. And from what I understand with the football program, you'll really speak to the young men about trust, unity, and toughness as some of the virtues that they can live well by to play football well, but to live life well by. Is that, (laughs) am I understanding that right? Yeah,
0: that's true. So give
1: our listeners a little sense of like, how did you come? Because I love that, however it is that the Lord revealed that particular approach that does so well to teach us a lot about life right there. Trust is needed to live life well. There's no, none of us can. Unity is needed to live life well. We can't do that, you know, within family and within the Dwenger family, right? Toughness. Now you've, you've alluded to this many times. Like to live the Christian life well against the modern world requires toughness, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. how did you come to that? How did the Lord give you that, that's that a particular? Deep, that's a deep
0: question. Okay. Just, my, my wheels are turning, but, you know, it's been a life journey, I guess, on a personal level for me. Sure. Um, Just growing up, uh, you know, we can get into that another time. But I think, as far as it relates to the football program, and just as a mantra, if you will, you know, I I do some marriage prep. Still involved with that a little bit, and you know, on one angle, you say the purpose of marriage is, you know, it's it's essentially that, related thereof. You know, trust, unity, and you know, if you want to say toughness or fruitfulness, but this the sacredness, right. Of what is, what is real. Sure. And so when you apply that to a team, whether it be a spouse, you know, spouses in the, in the marital, uh, sacrament of marriage or a team, you know, you can't exist truly without trust. Right. I mean, there has to be a deep, deep sense of trust, the unification, you know, as you, as you quote unquote go into battle, I think we find that in our faith with a, you know, programs that establish accountability, you know, with, with small groups and things sure. like that. Obviously right. we don't do well by ourselves. Amen. You now yes. I speak to men about that. I speak to myself out loud about that. So that trust, unity, and then yeah, as you mentioned, the toughness. And ultimately, you know, you think of football as this physical toughness, which obviously, you know, to give the the to the game what it what it is what it deserves, there is a physicality, right? Um, but it's it's more about that mental, you know, mm-hmm. spiritual toughness that you can handle the setbacks in life and deal with the, the different struggles that are certainly going to come along.
1: Well, I'm prepping so, the young men to understand the physical toughness, no matter how hard they work at it, will eventually fade. <laughs> right? Like, we're just talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Saying I'm getting older I'm on the way to, over here. I'm not here. 26 anymore. <laughs> I'm starting to realize. that. Yeah. Yes. We're talking about all our aches and pains on the way over here. But you, you know, know that's you reality, right? That's what happens. Yeah, yeah. There's no way around
1: it. So And
0: it's hard. I mean, you know, you know I, I think back when I was, you know, younger, you don't remember a whole lot of maybe what coaches said, you know, maybe there were certain mantras, but, you know, the things that stuck, you know. Um, you know, like one for me in college was, you know, these hot—one of the years was just one of the hottest on record. And I still remember a coach saying, you don't just survive, you thrive. And he'd say it every day. And we'd, you know, in the showers, we'd we'd all be trying to say it, you know, in different ways and having fun with it. But it sticks. Yes. You know, and and one thing related spiritually, I tell guys about this. And I I have buddies I graduated with and on, alumni, a lot of the football guys will say— You know, one of the things that I know stuck that I didn't realize at the time was uh, when I was holding my, you know, the first child, you know, and trying to get uh, her to sleep and all of a sudden I'm start singing the Hail Mary. And I never Mm -hmm. thought as a grown man, I, you know, and it was only God that inspired it, but it was just, that's something we do in the football program. One of the most inspiring things at the end of mass is all these young men singing the Hail Mary. And I never would have realized or thought about until you, you know, you're older and now I'm in this situation. She's not going to sleep you know, hail Mary. And it's like, you know, so that's those are some things. of the things no, that that's so you, inspiring. Know, you just try that's to awesome. plant seeds, you know, and let God, let God water and, Amen. and develop it. So.
1: No, really? I mean, like yeah. that's a perfect segue because in every episode we try to speak to, well, why is this God? Right. So the, you know, if you think about the fruits of the Holy Spirit and you think about them as the observable behaviors that, that show God's grace, right. Just think about that moment to have a group of teen, you know, young men, but Boys still, right? That they are in, certainly in the age range. Some, some are, you know, in fact, young men. But anyway, there is definitely, and I think around the nation, my experience teaching, uh, a desire not to sing, not to be overtly displaying your faith. That can be a real barrier to overcome, right? And here you are having them authentically praise Mary. That is a sign of, I need the Lord's strength. I need Mary's strength. And I, I need to be willing to live my faith in order to have my mind and heart right to go into this game. Right. And that's, Amen. that's probably the right transition for life, right? Like if we're not taking that time in prayer and willing to really trust and proclaim it, because you have to trust it first, if you're going to proclaim it at all, then you're, you're getting your mind and your heart right to head into that game. And Greg, yeah. kudos to you. I mean, just thinking about the Lord at work, like thinking about what do you want for the program? The number one thing about living our faith, living our, our virtuous life. So. Yeah,
2: and and to add on to Coach Garrett, you know, he talks about unity and you know, uh, you know, trust. You know, when you go on the baseball field or the football field or you're in the pool or on the court, you want to trust and it, that that teammate next to you, like, hey, you're going to be there for me. I'm going to be there for you. Um, but probably one of the most things that stand out to me when it comes to this virtual equal strength and living our lives and showing who we are is. Catholic um, individuals. Yes. Um, You know, it's, it's about toughness and all this all relates, but uh, this summer, you know, you know, when you're talking about loss, you know, there was one of our neighboring schools who lost one of their, their teammates. Yes. So Coach Garrett got all these football players, and invited the family, and even some of their players out to our field, and we had a, a, a ceremony for them, and, oh, and all of us awesome. we did a ro- we did a rosary together. That's so good. So, you know, we, we talk about the Dwanger family, but you know, this unity—it's not just within our school. Itself. It's how how can we reach out to other people in the community as well to show even, you know, again, you know, not everybody's Catholic. We all come from different faiths, different backgrounds, but we're all able to. But we're living u- that identity of discipleship to unify in the Lord, under Christ. Right? Yeah. Um, Amen. And, you know, I think definitely, you know, whenever, however long I have this position, that's probably going to be one of my most memorable. Uh, moments I've had, especially when it comes to bringing this
1: uh, program. I'm so glad you shared it. I'm so glad you did that, you know, and, and I'm so glad that, you know, I think about, so my own kids are are young yet, right? Our oldest is a second grader. (laughs) But if you said to me, just independently of where you live in the world and, and, you know, what you're doing, what do you hope for, for your kids if they're in high school? And, and I can hear knowing that the high school that they might go to is doing something like that, where, you know, trust, unity, and toughness is something they're going to hear about on a regular basis, where they're going to hear about virtue equals strength, where they're going to hear about yeah, we need we need the Lord and we're going to proclaim that and that the staff is committed to decide that's got to work in our world, right? So that family clearly needed some light in their life at that time. And you were willing to hear that call and, and help be a source of it. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, and I think, it, you know, for me, as as Greg talks about that, we we had a young man uh, for his Eagle Scout project. So imagine that thinking about the, it's not just about athletics at Bishop Winger in that sense is his Eagle Scout project was to put a crucifix at, at the end of one, at the stadium, you know, on the South oh, end of the stadium. right, right. And at the time, you know, we had no idea, <laughs> you know, right, wrong, or different how it would be utilized as much as it's already been utilized. And it's, it's actually become a place of prayer. You know, sadly at times it's been a place where we've all gathered, you know, in sorrow and, yes. but, but also in support. And at the end of the day, it's all about relationships. Right. And so, you know, it's just very complimentary in the sense of you have somebody that's not a football player. I don't know that he he may run cross country or something, but the student that was able to do this, you know, his his mindset was, you know, what does the stadium need? It needs a crucifix, and what is it, fifteen feet tall? I don't know, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, right? I've seen it. Yeah. It's got a light on it, and so you know, it's it's everybody working together in that sense to help these young people move on into the realities of life that you know we're all experiencing at different ages, knowing that at the end of the day, it's the faith, right? That That's the most important thing. And relationships yeah. are the most important things, right?
1: I, I'm thinking about this this young man who wanted to do this. And just, yeah, recent uh, gospel was, you know, our, our call from Christ to be the light of the world. And so here you have one of your students who is so far receiving this. And you've, you've already know, I mean, he's not on the football team, but he's receiving the culture that you're building. Yep. And he had that vision then to create this. And then the school responded and backed that and made that happen, right? So like- there's, there's an openness from the virtue formation that he's received light. He has a desire to share it. And you have to have a culture and a climate in the staff that's open to backing. Because it's not, you just snap your fingers and build that with, right. with nothing. You know, right. I mean, that takes time and right. planning. And right. uh, wow, awesome. Well, you know, I think when we talk about virtue equals strength and just the way you're using it as, as one tool among many to really think about a young person being a citizen of two worlds, being part of a family, and thinking about what is true strength. That that is the Holy Spirit at work in our world. So I I can't thank you both enough for sharing that with our listeners. Well, one other thing we try to do when we kind of near the closing of an episode is just knowing that many of our listeners will be around the nation or even the world. And so they're not gonna be able to commute into Dwanger and and partake (laughs) there, right? Uh, It's just some tips for family Taking applications, right, (laughs) Greg? Yeah, there you go. Fly in, you know, Um, that'd be great. But, um, you know, I think that idea today of just how are we growing in these virtues, right? So can self-control be taught? You've actually given that a resounding yes. It's it's how you're living your life and it's the tools that you're using to help show that to the young people. And I really do think, I'm going to hold on to the memory, even though I, memory's wrong, the memory of you sharing it though, but the visual I get of your young people singing the team, right? The team is yeah. singing the Hail Mary before they're going into the game to get their mind and their heart right to go play football. Like that to me if we want to talk about tips for family life, like let's all start singing the Hail Mary. I mean, I wasn't what I was going to talk about. You know, (laughs) know, and that's that's amazing. That's a
0: tradition, you know, that's been passed on uh, for 50 years of Bishop doing your football. All right. Um, I remember it. It's one of those things where, you know, not to make this too much about football, but the the idea of what, you know, Greg has alluded to and we we hold true is the family, right? And Mm -hmm. the traditions. He's in the role that he's in. I'm in the role that I'm in. We believe because God placed us here. And so, just to be a herald of those traditions. And so, it, it speaks to all that have come before us. And, yes. and kind of like in a family, right? You want to pass that on to the future generations. So, yeah. You know, singing of the Hail Mary is an example of that. I mean, I remember doing it. I still, you know, get chills when I think about it. There's That's a lot awesome. of things like that that, you know, have been built at Bishop Dwinger High School that, that, you know, now it's our job, right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, to, to pass them on. Yeah. You what know, want to uphold them. Yeah.
1: Well, I actually, like, really, I think that's, we hope the Holy Spirit's a part of the show. So very truly, that's tip one. If your family <laughs> is at all looking for a new activity to grow go. in humility, which requires trust and therefore to grow in unity, and there's going to be some toughness as a result, start singing the Hail Mary. I'm going to, I'm going to actually really try that with my Amen, own kids. Yeah. Uh, but they the go other, to sleep too. It works. Oh yeah. yeah. No, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we're expecting our fifth kind of soon. So there that's go. great. We'll need there you it. Go. Um, But the other one I thought about is just, you know, the goodness that you're living your life with for parents to think about really intentionally, like, who are those people that I am choosing as as a mother or a father? And, And they're choosing that maybe by knowing them, but they're choosing it too by selecting a school for their child or selecting what programs they're in. Who are the people that I'm choosing to have in my child's life to be their role models? And that's not at all to give a sense of paranoia, like, oh, well, we need to be like making a scorecard for every kid. No. But from a place of trust, those variables that we can control, which really... More and more I age, I think, all right, God, everything is literally in your hands. And, you know, if any good I can enact is, is only you in the, in the first place. So what can I really control? But, but truly, we're, we're given the authority as mothers and fathers to try to make that path, you know. So how can we make those decisions? And when you search for what are the underlying virtues, really, but the values and the climate to pay attention to that? Because I think so much of the time now in the modern world, it's, well, I need to get my kid enrolled in this program now, because that's just, that's what society is telling me is the number one thing for them. And I think the tip is really to say, wait a minute, that may not actually be true advice, mm-hmm. right? Rather start with what is good and what is virtuous, and where does that lead me as a parent, and where will what will I seek out, you know, as a result? And I think what
0: kind of captures that, at least for me, is integral formation, right? So when I think about Bishop Dwinger, there's four pillars, right? One is academic or curriculum. Mm-hmm, sure. You know, then you have the active life, which are sports and clubs and and otherwise. Yeah. Service. Oh, right? amen. So, yeah. so re, re, students are, re, quote unquote, required. Many of them go above and beyond to do a certain number of service hours every year. And then the spiritual life. So when you, when you take that and you say, as a young, you know, you're raising young children or things, even ourselves, right? How am I on a daily basis, engaging in integral formation, right? Right, right. Reading and, and learning to, you know, being active to giving of myself. And then obviously all that starts with your faith in the Lord. So I think that's a beautiful example of beyond just citizens of two worlds. Now you got four pillars at Bishop Dwinger that, that in a sense kind of hold us all accountable to trying to move all that forward. Well, I
1: appreciate how memorable and approachable that is for anyone at any stage of formation. Just, yeah, what do I need to work on? And you've just lay it out there, right? So- no matter what we're doing, perhaps we are adults. And so we're not per, per se in academics, spirituality, service, that's going to be a core component of any Christian life. And the academics then become hard work, right? right. And the active life has to be a part of that. I, there's so many speakers who will really directly teach us that, that, you know, the spiritual health and physical health are, are intertwined. And certainly believing in the resurrection of the body, that should make sense, mm-hmm. right? That that our church right. really has proclaimed that. So. Well, great. Well, I can't thank you both enough for coming on to really help our listeners know of some of the tremendous good that Bishop Dwenger is enacting, but that so many families are enacting from some of the ways that you're sharing this, virtue equals strength being one of them. So with that uh, gratitude in our hearts, we'll close with a prayer asking the Lord's blessing on Dwenger and on this program. And for any of our listeners today, in the name of the Father Father, and the Son and the the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. God, we thank you so much. And we're humbled by this opportunity to really hear about what is true strength. And we know, Lord, that it is the virtues that you give us to learn about, to embody, and to live with. And so we ask that you would allow those to grow for Bishop Dwinger and for its family and for its community, for all listeners and for their families, that they may encounter those virtues in your goodness, Lord. And for all of us, Lord, to always seek to do your will and grow in that virtue. Amen. 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 In the name of the and Father, and the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Greg, Jason, thanks for being on. Thanks for having Thank us. you. We thanks are thrilled that this. you could be here. And listeners, tune in next week for more Spirit in the Schools. <laughs> You've been listening to Spirit in the Schools. Zach Coyle has been your producer and host. This episode was edited by Tony Marks. And for more information,
0: go to Spokestreet.com slash spirit.
1: Spirit in the Schools. This podcast is part of the Spokestreet Network. For more great
2: podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.